Listeners, start your engines. episode 61 rob here on this episode we're circling back to the teenage mutant ninja turtles taking a break from our ongoing x-men mega series to discuss 2023's teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem this is not going to be a guest episode it's just going to be me basically sharing my thoughts on this new film uh probably going to be relatively brief i had a lot more to say about evil dead rise and The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, You can catch both episodes on those films on this feed. As always, you can find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcatchers, as well as CrookedTable.com. Go ahead and give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. For now, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer and then jump into my thoughts about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Hey, guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, what would you guys do? Go to high school. Maybe get a girlfriend. Can you imagine that? Not likely. This is insane. Turtles, mutant, karate teens. I want to know everything about you. Our dad is definitely not a giant rat. That makes me feel like he's a rat. Police are baffled by the recent crime wave led by a superfly. Nobody's ever seen his face. Why? Because he kills everyone who does. No, not cool. A bit cool. Can I kick it? We take out Superfly, and then everyone will think we're cool. They'll accept us. Can I kick it? He's making a deal tonight under the Brooklyn Bridge. Can I kick it? Chick, 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 chick. What the? Y'all some little tortoises, huh? I can't believe there are other mutants. You want to roll with us? Oh. Humans are never going to like us. So we're going to let the mutants rule the earth. People's they got to go. Okay, um, sort of a twist. Before I get into my thoughts about Teeny Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, it makes sense to just reset the table just a little bit. So obviously I have covered the six theatrical Ninja Turtles films up to this point, 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all the way up to 2016's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. You want to hear my thoughts on those movies, check out those episodes in this feed. Uh, So I also sort of have this running thread throughout all those conversations Talking about Mutant Mayhem, what we hope to see, what they can learn from the previous films, that kind of thing. So I am a huge Ninja Turtles fan, have been since childhood, grew up with the animated series, had lots of toys from it, had the Technodrome, had the, uh, I think I had a sewer playset, uh, had the, the, the poster for the 1990 film on my wall in my childhood bedroom. So I am an OG Ninja Turtles fan uh, didn't I read some of the comics, but not as much as I would have liked. But been a a loyal Ninja Turtles stan even through all the films, some of which are not very good, as you'll hear me talk about in those episodes. But nonetheless, I was excited to see this 
franchise sort of be reinvented for a new generation and a new take on it. I think this franchise has a ton of life uh, left in it. Obviously, it's never really gone away 100%. There have been multiple animated series that have kept these characters alive, even when the movies sort of faltered. Obviously, we had a significant gap between the 90s films and the 2007 animated one that didn't go anywhere and then to 2014 2016 and then now to 2023 so the big question going in was does this work does what does this film do differently what does it uh, does it learn from the mistakes of the past and i stand by some of the things that i've said on previous episodes i do feel like as I, I said, uh, I think I said on the 2007 TMNT episode, when I saw that film, it just clicked that, okay, now these characters shouldn't be in live action. They're so limited with what they could do in live action. Animation is definitely the way to go. Obviously, that was how I first met these characters. And though I love the 1990 film and to a lesser extent, Secret of the Ooze from 1991, you can't really it's it's not a concept that translates particularly well to live action in a modern sense that being you can't do the scale that these characters uh have going on in its more popular iteration you can't do the fluidity of motion that these characters are supposed to have when they do martial arts so seeing them in, in 2007's animated TMNT film really kind of hit that home for me. And I think that stays true with Mutant Mayhem. I think the the design here, the animation is gorgeous. I love the sort of hand-drawn storybook, or in this case, comic book-inspired uh, design, and and the way that it's... Uh, the way that all these animated films, like Across the Spider-Verse and The Bad Guys and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and all of these movies are leaning into that more, like, broad... Like, not broad strokes, but you know what I'm talking about. That where it looks like it's a, a drawing come to life. I think that's a beautiful style of animation. I think it works really well for the Turtles, especially since their comic book counterpart it did kind of have a little bit of that. It was a little bit more anime inspired uh, and that kind of thing. So I, I love that they did that. I love that the cast of this film, that, that uh, director Jeff Rowe actually cast real teenagers to play these characters. That's been the big selling point in all the marketing and that's what they really kind of uh hit home focusing in on the teenage part of their name obviously we've seen the the ninja part and the turtle part really emphasize here it's really the teenage and the mutant parts i think that's really uh the foundation for this film obviously the fact that they are real teenagers you get that sort of um that kind of sense of childlike wonder when they when they see the human world, you get that sense of camaraderie among these brothers, and you get a more grounded uh, sense of conversational dialogue when they're when they put the actors together in the booth in the recording studio. You can tell there's a lot of overlapping of dialogue and that kind of thing. And I think that works really well, as well as, like I said, the, the, the design of these characters, which feels in some ways sort of sort of inspired by the 1990s design. There's the the tone to some of the, the turtles, the, the colors involved, the way that the, their their bodies are sort of shaped and uh, designed. It does feel like it's um loosely kind of drawing from the 1990 film with the way that they look. So I love all of that. 
uh, I think that the aesthetic here is is really cool. Taking them back to teenagers and reimagining the character of April O'Neil as voiced by Ayo Itabiri, uh, I think having her be a, a teenager as well as the Turtles, I think that makes that dynamic between them all a little less weird. There's been, and then in some versions of the characters of this franchise, there's been April sort of having a more flirtatious relationship with the turtles, which is even stranger uh, in addition to the, the multiple species involved. And uh, if there's also an age thing. So I think having April be a Ninja turtle who befriends uh, being a, a, a teenager rather who befriends the turtles, I think is really fun and a really interesting choice uh, having characters like uh, Baxter Stockman, Mondo Gecko, Ray Filet, Genghis Frog, Leatherhead, Wingnut, all these characters from the original animated series and the comics, I presume, uh, all of that I think works really well, and I like having them all in there. And I think that most of the voice acting is pretty solid. Obviously, you have Bebop and Rocksteady, Um in there as well. I think probably the standout among those is Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. I think that Jackie Chan's Splinter is also a really cool choice. However, I don't know if I love the way that that character is portrayed. I want to now get in. This, there's, this is the thing. I have very mixed feelings on this movie. I like the, I love the casting. I love the design. I love some of the action sequence sequences. However, the notion of, all of the mutants having the exact same origin, not just from TCRI, but from the same incident. I think it feels a little too neat for me. I think it's it's you're robbing this world of its opportunity for more complexity. And this is not a spoiler. This is like in the first five minutes of the movie. Um, I think that there, is, there would have been opportunity to build these characters out a little bit more. The fact that this movie throws so many of the more popular recurring players from the animated series and the comics right out the gate, I think shows to me sort of a lack of confidence in this property that they are so worried that they're going to have another situation of what happened without a shot out of the shadows, what happened with the 2007 film that they're like, no, 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 look, everybody's here. Rocksteady, Bebop, Leatherhead, Wingnut, no, no, no. And I think in doing so, it, perhaps hurts the long-term prospects of this franchise. So I don't love necessarily that. I, I do think it was smart to not have Shredder or and or Krang right off the bat in this movie. I think that it's sort of the Superman issue, right? It's every Superman movie, it's Lex Luthor or it's Zod. And they, they, uh, the filmmakers who, who bring that character to the screen uh, don't seem to understand that there's other villains out there for Superman to face. I think the Ninja Turtles have sort of a similar problem in that it's always Shredder and or Krang. In, in the case of Out of the Shadows, it's literally it, it, the only time that they've tried that previously was the 2007 film. And uh, well, I guess Ninja, Ninja Turtles 3, which is not uh, which is not a great movie either. But not for the not for the reasons that uh, not for the same reasons, at least. Um, so I don't. I don't, I, I don't love the fact that they kind of get put everybody out there right away. Uh, I think it's it ultimately sort of weakens the movie. The problem there being especially is that the main villain, the character of Superfly, is created by Baxter Stockman, but not Baxter Stockman, uh, which obviously the version of Baxter Stockman that I'm familiar with from the animated series is the one that becomes the fly. 
uh, I think that that's kind of a mistake. Like, if you're going to do that, why not just have Baxter Stockman turn himself into a fly and then have everything else happen the way it does? I think that's a strange conceit, and I don't love that idea. I think Ice Cube is fine as that character, but I don't love his plan, and I don't particularly where that character goes in the third act. I think it's just really, I don't know, really goofy and not in a good way. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a franchise where it's four life-size, you know, human-sized turtles, uh, one running around fighting crime using the art of the ninja. Uh, but I, I, where the third act goes, I feel like is kind of ridiculous, and I thought it was pretty silly, and I was kind of disengaged by the the big, uh, the big showdown. Let's say I, I don't want to get into too many spoilers. So the story, I feel like, is all over the place. The story, as far as the turtles wanting to be accepted by humanity, wanting to have normal lives and go to school and all that other stuff. Like that, I, I get that. I, 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 I'm fully on board with that. The way that's resolved also felt weird to me and felt sort of antithetical to what these characters uh, are about and what this French, where this franchise usually does with them. So I don't, I don't really know what the road forward is supposed to be for the turtles at the end of this film, personally. If I sound like I'm sort of floundering to define how I feel about this film, I think that's because I'm not 100% sure how to feel about this film. After watching the six theatrically released Turtles films prior to this for that mega series earlier this year, uh, I had a certain set of expectations maybe for how this could propel these characters into the future, for what they could do next with them that they possibly hadn't done before. And while this movie brings a lot of interesting ideas, especially uh, visually to the screen, the story is not quite there. Like the characters are 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 cool and and fun and you know, I guess have at least the base foundation for who these characters are. I think they could be a lot more developed, and that's of course where sequels would go. But I, that's just the story in the in the world. The way that it introduces this world is one unlike anything I've seen in Turtles before, and two just simplifies it all. It just it's sort of it's sort of like how in uh, the Star Wars universe when they're like, oh well, everybody is a Skywalker or everybody's connected to that main saga. I just feel like this film sets the Turtles world to be very small, and everyone is connected in a way that that feels sort of underwhelming and not not uh, sort of the the you know wild and wacky world of the of, of this franchise where you can have crazy events create these crazy creatures and, and just have have you know the turtles fighting a giant uh, a giant frog or a giant you know uh, manta ray or whatever uh, here they're all sort of they have that in commonality and I think that they just burn a lot of these characters pretty, you know, they burn through a lot of them pretty easy in this film. Uh, I think the character Superfly is is vastly underwhelming. I think the the way that the story plays out is fine. Like, I think that's my thoughts on a lot of this movie. If I sound like I'm not taking a very hard stance, that's because as a long-term Turtles fan, one, this is not necessarily designed for a 40-year-old Turtles fan. This is designed for young people. Uh, you know, people now growing up with the shows or people learning about these characters for the first time. And in that way, I guess this is a great entry point. And it does sort of modernize these characters in a lot of ways. Uh, although it re re 
relies way too much on pop culture references that feel aimed at the parents of the young demographic that this movie feels made for. So in that way, it's kind of it's kind of jumbled. Uh, but it doesn't like I don't know. I I I was not wowed by it. Let's put it that way. I I think there have been way better animated films this year. There have been better turtle films. I I think I I'm gonna pause my final like verdict on this because I feel like I may appreciate this better after a sequel sort of adds a little more context to uh, particularly a certain arch nemesis and to these characters and what where they go with the franchise going forward um, I definitely am glad to see the characters back on the big screen for for the first time in a while uh, and you know uh, I'm never gonna say no to more Ninja Turtles I just wish that it reached more of what I was hoping it would be. I felt overly jokey, but not funny. Like a lot of the humor, I didn't think like a lot of the splinter stuff, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I think the the milking thing like that, I didn't think that was funny. Like the, the relatable character stuff with the turtles, I thought was the best part. So build on what works, drop some of the stuff that doesn't, and uh, fine tune this going forward, and we could have... A nice long-running Turtles franchise. That's the thing that really frustrated me the most, I think, doing the mega series is that they keep starting this franchise and then just, you know, except for in the 90s where they played the first one and that was a huge hit and the second one did well and then the third one was like, okay, we're done. Um, like the 2007 film I thought had promise similarly to this. Actually, I kind of rate them about the same. Uh, I think that movie could have led to a much more interesting sequel. Also, ironically, keys up the same character uh, subtly in in the end of that one. And uh, the 2014-2016, the Bay Bay Turtles, the Michael Bay to produce Turtles, uh, I thought Out of the Shadows was was kind of fun. And uh, I would have liked to have seen that world develop in that way. So hopefully we'll get the chance to see this one play out. I think there's a lot of room for this to grow, and I'm eager to see that happen just you know give the script a couple more passes next time is i guess what i would say uh keep this cast intact 100 percent, and keep this visual style and we should be in much better shape but yeah that's those are my general thoughts on teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem uh, we'll be back to the x-men movie franchise uh next episode and going forward and finishing up that mega series. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on film, you can find me on Twitter slash X at Crooked Table. Same handle on Instagram via email robert at crookedtable.com. Let me know what you thought of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I get the sense that a lot of people like this movie a lot more than me. So, uh, you know, convince me a little bit. Like, like, sell me on what I'm missing here. Until then, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. Catch you at the next stop, everyone. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. <laughs>